Now, uh, uh, let me think. Uh, sodium, copper, uh, ah! No, 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 no. Hooray! I've got it!
Daffy, there's no other duck like me because I'm so daffy, and the reason I'm daffy and so gosh darn riff raffy and so screwy and laffy is because those hunters won't leave me alone. Oh. Why don't they hunt some other animal for a change? So that I won't have to end up on a kitchen range. But no, duck hunting's all the rage and they won't let me be. And I'm so full of bullets. I'm lit up like a Christmas tree. There's so much I'd like to do if I just had the chance. I'd like to play and romp and even sing and do a dance. I would read the latest book, go swimming in a babbling brook. I'd like to fly the seven seas, play hide and seek among the trees. I'd play hopscotch and double dutch, and this and that and things and such. I know that isn't asking much, but all these things I dasn't touch. It's bang bang here and bang bang there, bullets flying everywhere. I can't stand it any longer. I get weak and they get stronger. Hunters to the right of me, hunters to the left I see. Over hill and over dale, bullets whizzing past my tail. There's no rest and there's no peace. Won't this shooting ever cease? Morning, noon, and through the night. That's why I look such a fright. Bang, bang, bang. I'm only 16 yards ahead. Bang, bang, bang. They're shooting straight at me. Hoo, hoo, hoo. They won't let up until I'm dead. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Why can't they let me be? Why don't they hunt 
big wild moose or chase a reindeer on the loose. There's possum, chipmunk, caribou, a rabbit for a rabbit stew. Raccoon, squirrels, porcupine, monkeys swinging on the vine. Leopards with or without spots, wildcats with or without dots. Elephants, badgers, kangaroo, lions, tigers, cows that moo. Wolf, mice, and prairie ox, red and gray and silver fox. Daffy, they drive me daffy. Those hunters with their great big guns, they're all their uncles, cousins, fathers, sons, crazy. They got me hazy with all that rootin', footin', hootin', tootin', highfalutin', noisy shootin'. Closer, they're getting closer. With shotgun, pistols, bows, and arrows, rifles, knives, and other deadly trifles. Scram now while I'm still able. You're nuts if you think that I'm gonna end up on somebody's dinner table. So, goodbye. So long now. <laughs> All right, Fudzy, this will be a take, see? Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Fluffer and Fluckatash, that sounds worse than a Tweety Bird in a blender. You gotta get with a time, Thelmer. Here, try it like this. Don't you mess with me I'm a super wabbit killer I'm bad, you see I'm Elmer Fudd I own a mansion and a yacht And all the widow ladies dig what I got I'm on to the teeth and I can't be beat I'm a crazy old mother for wabbit meat All the wabbits I catch, they pay me cash So hey, squirrely wabbit, better cover your eyes I'm wabbit, I'm wabbit No wabbit's gonna catch me napping I think that before I get much dinner I'll be taking you home with me for dinner See, I have this recurring fantasy Of using you in one of my recipes You had all the success go straight to your head But it's fattening you up, so I'll be well fed You're a wide up squirrely old fat Welsh wabbit With a $2,000 a day carrot hat I'm wapping, I'm wapping And nothing's gonna catch me napping You're gonna wish you were a specimen in the zoo Cause it's all over wabbit, I'm coming for you I wear a hunting type chemis and I carry a gun And I'll pull your brains out just for fun You could hide anywhere, you could hide in the sewer But you're gonna wind up with the end of my store You think you're hot, but much hotter you'll be When you're a batter dip, wabbit quite quicker See, I'm wapping, I'm wapping And nothing's gonna catch me, oh, oh. Well, Fuffer and fucking Hash, how'd he get in here? Break a break a firecracker! Break a break a firecracker! You think you're the Pope, or is your brain fried out on chintzy dope? What's the secret here, Fuzzy? Have you got some serum that makes you all short and fat and gruesome? You chased me through the woods for 50 years, shooting everything with floppy ears. Chasing after me has caused a big sensation, the Elmer Fudd method of vegetation. I'm going to the rabbit club to quaff a few, so here's the last thing I'm going to say to you. Take your mansion and your broken down yacht, and kiss my sweaty old rabbit shot. Me. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> what a Gee, you wanna try nothing again when you're feeling better, son? Oh, shut up, you wantin' old pussycat. I'll get you two on you. This is a wet <laughs> In an abandoned warehouse, with no lights, just shadows, and soon no rabbits. 
the purpose of the event is to pass the torch from one generation heavy metal to the next. And there lies in his black leather hunting outfit with a shotgun guitar with spikes coming out of it, Ozzy Fudd, the Rabbit Slayer. In the dead of night, a shimmering white gleam of a blade, and the devil is paid. When the axe comes down, a showing sound. Steel gets the head, another rabbit's dead. I'm a rabbit swayer, a guitar player, with a nasty habit. Kill the rabbit! <laughs> I'm a mean mistreater, a rabbit feaster. Tonight we did a bloody Easter, a scurrying shadow, and the shadow moves the stabbing, and the night air echoes. Kill the women! Kill the women! No more Roger Rabbit, no more Peter Rabbit, no more Playboy Bunny Rabbits! Ah! <laughs> Be very, very careful.
Kids, listen up if you want to be sick. Cause your dinner looks like something from a Cronenberg flick. Think twice before you cuss and shout. Damn, damn, damn. Let me tell you a story about green eggs and ham. There was a little yellow man called Sam I Am. Oh, that's me! I don't like you, Sam I Am. Well, do you like green eggs and ham? I do not like green eggs and ham. Would you like them here or there? I wouldn't like them anywhere. You know, I can see you in a house. Green eggs and ham with a mouse. Maybe you can't hear. You got something in your ear? No. I'm going to make this perfectly clear. I would not like them housewives here. I would not like them mousewives there. You think you can convince me, Sam? Mm -hmm. Not for me. Green eggs and ham. What is with you? This is some green cuisine. Green cuisine. Deny who you are, you're gonna like them, you're gonna see. You might like them up in a tree. No, not in a tree, not in a car. Would you let me be? No house, no mouse, not here or there. Cause you got the problem, Sam, and I do not care for a jelly spam, and I do not like green eggs and ham. A train, a train, a train, a train. Would you could you in a train or up in an aeroplane? How about in the dark? We can drive and park, we can listen to the crickets and the pitbull bar. No, not in a plane, not in the Dark, not on a train, not in a car, not up a tree. Cause I don't like them, Sam. Not in a schoolhouse or a shoebox. Not a house mouse or a red box. Not here, there, and everywhere. Didn't even like the Beatles with that long, long hair. Hey, you lay off the Beatles, buddy. I'll lay on whoever I want, buddy. Oh, buddy me. Buddy. You don't like green eggs and ham. Well, Mr. Perception, Sam, I am. Well, I know that you'd like him if you ate him with a goat. <laughs> Not with a goat in a coat by a moat. Well, would you, could you, on a boat? Tennyson wrote, and I quote, oh, If you eat it, you'll bloat and float like a boat. I'm not interested in stuffing face in the rain on a train. I should introduce you to my friend Payne. Hey. Not in the dark, not up a tree, not on your fine china with Earl Grey tea. No boxes, boxes, houses, mouses, husbands and wives. Yeah, no spouses. Why are you trying to make me eat that? I don't like it. I wouldn't serve it to a cat. I said already, I don't like them, Sam. I am. I do not like green eggs, ham. Mr. Cheese, you just think you don't like them. So you say, and he's beginning to remind me of Doris. Day. You say you don't like this and you don't like that Well, you're starting to sound like a finicky cat Just try them, try them And you may find you like nothing better than Two greenish eggs over easy in the fry pan And to accompany this fine taste We have Martian ham, pork from space Sam! If you get out of my face, I'll try that I'll puke all over the place well, good. Nothing makes a crowd disperse more quick Than a great big puddle of sick Give me that that stuff.
It was once spoken that gratitude is a quality not limited to man. Though just why it was spoken, no one has ever been quite certain. For at the time of the saying, there lived a poor slave named Androcles. My friends call me Andy. However, he was seldom called Andy because... I don't have any friends. Androcles was owned by a wealthy merchant who treated him cruelly and forced him to work very hard. From morning till night, he did the cooking, made the beds, scrubbed the floors and mended his master's torn togas. And for the tiniest little mistake, he was punished to death. Oh, hold still, master. Uh, there's a fly on your nose. Don't hit him with that, you idiot. You'll hurt me. Get the fly spray. Yes, master. <whistles> Got him. All right, that did it. Now you know what's going to happen to you. No, no, master. Not that. Ah, but the merchant showed him no mercy. He made him stand in the corner for two hours. Time after time, Androcles tried to please his master and win his gratitude, but never with any success. Come, master. I have prepared a nice hot bath for you. Well, how nice. Was the water a tiny bit too hot for Master? And, of course, he was again severely punished. I can't stand another minute of this inhuman punishment. I'll run away, and I'll search the world for someone who will give me gratitude for what I do. And so he did. For that very night, as his master lay sleeping, he stole out of the house and scurried away into the darkness. The next morning, Androcles was deep in the forest where he was certain his master would never find him. He was walking along his merry way when suddenly a voice called to him from a dense thicket. Oh there, stranger. How yourself? Who speaks? It is I. Androcles found himself face to face with the biggest, fiercest looking lion he had ever seen. He was terrified and turned on his heels to flee and would have gotten away but for a huge tree that slightly blocked his path. Certain that the lion was upon him, he looked over his shoulder but noticed that the beast was simply lying there moaning and whimpering piteously. What seems to be the trouble? I have a vicious thorn in my paw, and it hurts me terribly. Please have pity. Pull it off for me. Are you kidding? If I got that close to you, you'd grab me and eat me up. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Honest Injun, remove the thorn. I will be your friend for life. The poor beast's pleadings were so convincing, and he seemed so sincere, that Androcles decided to take a chance. Careful now, careful! Hold still! Ooh! The lion was overjoyed with relief and thanked Androcles profusely. You know, I really feel he's grateful. Oh, I am grateful. Androcles was very pleased, for he had finally earned gratitude for something he had done. He bid the lion farewell and went on his way. Several days later, however, fate struck Androcles a cruel blow, for he was captured by soldiers and taken to the city and thrown into the dungeon. It was there that he learned that he was to be used in the circus. Being in the circus isn't too bad. I mean, maybe they'll let me be a clown. It isn't that kind of a circus, friend. They're going to throw you to the lion. This is sure going to ruin my summer. The following day, the stands were filled, and the emperor and all his court came to view the spectacle. A hush fell over the arena. Androcles trembled. The signal was given. The steel door creaked open, and with a mighty roar, a gigantic, ferocious lion bounded into the arena. The beast had been kept without food for several weeks to make him even more fierce, and he shook his great head with rage. 
The quaking Anderslees prepared to meet his fate when suddenly he recognized the lion as the same one from which he'd removed the thorn. A wave of relief swept over him as he shouted, Leo, wait, it's me, Andy. You remember me? Uh, yeah, yeah, you took the thorn out of my paw. Right, and you were grateful because I did you a favor, so now you won't eat me. <laughs> I sure am hungry. I know, but you still won't eat me. I'm your friend. They didn't feed me for two weeks. But you still won't eat me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> will you? <laughs> Dear, dear, dear. So as you can plainly see, dear friends, the moral to this story is that if you ever do a favor for a great beast with long teeth and sharp claws and he tells you that he will be forever grateful, don't you believe him. Because you can just bet your boots <laughs> that he's a lion. On 
my TV set And I've never seen a show just like it yet It's a story of two fellas back in Stone Age days And they've come up with a series that's a brand new craze Cause it's filled with lots of sayings that just knock me out You know I nearly go crazy when I hear them shout
Dabadoo to you, and welcome to the Pit Slap. I'm KBC, and it's summertime, and to me, summertime was always a time of watching cartoons. You could get up whenever you wanted, you didn't have to rush, you could just watch as long as you wanted until mom got you out and made you do something outside. You know, sometimes it was playing. Jeez. Uh, anyway, so, uh, hey, cartoons, good thing for summer. Uh, and all you recent graduates, bone up, because you're going to need them. Alright, so anyway, we started out with something from Grampy. Uh, from a Betty Boop cartoon. I've got it. He's, he did that a lot. That was his signature move. Um, but it, it always kind of fits anywhere. Okay? Doe for the Dodo was a uh, Looney Tunes from 1949. Uh, a remake of uh, Porky and Wacky Land from like 1934 or something like that. We heard from uh, Mel Blanc. That was Daffy Duck Rhapsody. You remember that? You have it by heart, don't you? Yes. Um, Elmer Fudd. Wappin'. I'm Wappin'. And that was actually Daryl Hammond. Remember Daryl Hammond? He was uh, a Saturday Night Live guy for a while. We heard from Mark McCollum. And that was, of course, uh, Ozzy Fudd. Kill the Wabbit! That was the Rabbit Slayer, right? Okay. And then Underdog theme was, of course, the Butthole Surfers. Speaking of cartoons, uh, Green Eggs and Ham was the uh, Moxie Fruvis gang. Fractured Fairy Tales from Rocky and Bullwinkle and Company. That was the one about Androcles and the Lion. You remember them, right? Uh, sure, you have those things memorized, too, just like all the others. I know you do. Come on, don't stop. Uh, Black Lodge Singers. Um, one guy and, like, 
13 or 14 sons from somewhere in Washington State. And that was, of course, the Flintstones theme. They do a lot of things like that, and they're lots of fun. Uh, Frankie Davidson, Yabba Dabba Doo, uh, from 1961, a single. Uh, the Flintstones were a genuine craze. I was there. I saw it. I couldn't believe it either, but there you go. Bowling with Bedrock Barney was the Dickies, Green Jello, Anarchy in Bedrock. And the Screaming Blue Messiahs, I Want to Be a Flintstone. And, uh, well, we can't all be Flintstones, but we can pretend by watching the cartoons. Just like some people pretend to be John Wayne or uh, Taylor Swift. Who knows? Who knows what people are doing? Anyway, we got more here, so just uh, grab a bowl of sugar bombs and uh, have a seat. And let's go. Okay, here we go. Thank you. 
Justin and his smile, making everybody smile, and the night is walking, a girling of the walking, a what this little chap can do, and the tricks he gets up to, on the screen of fame, what this fellow's name, Mickey, Mickey, a tricky Mickey Mouse, on the stand and on the seat, he's a big celebrity, he can dance and he can sing, Talk and walk and everything. Find the greatest song he can make his wicked Thank you. 
He'll make you wish you had Papa got a sweetie named Olive All of me She kind of strange She too long and tall Her shape is shapeless Like a cement wall But she got a color TV And Papa hurts if you mess with her She's a girl with a mini charms and She got a big tattoo on her arm Just below her vaccination Is a purple figuration That say, Mother in old English script One day on the beach While I'm getting the tan Blue toe runs up And he kicks a lot of sand And Popeye's face Grabs olive oil and runs Think you make a fool of Popeye Have a lot of fun And all of she starts screaming Help Popeye! Save me! Save me Popeye! And Blue toe he laughs and says Oh, 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 I got you now baby That's slim Popeye Can't do nothing about it Meanwhile, back under the umbrella, Popeye's groping around trying to get the sand out of eyes, and he's safe. Lord, imagine what I do with my spinning chew. He finds the spinach. He gulps it down. And he runs like a blue toe, full force. Flap, oh, that went hard like the blue toe's jaw. Flap, 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 eat, uh, uh.
apple pie. No, I like Popeye. You like pumpkin pie. No, I like Popeye. You like chicken pie. No, I like Popeye. The what pie? Popeye. What pie?
is everybody always picking on me? Crazy trombone, saxophone. Whoa, it's crazy all the same. Boy, I've got the message. Man, the joint is really jumping. Go, man, go. Who walks in the classroom, cool and slow? Who calls the English teacher daddy? Oh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, he's a clown, that Charlie Brown, he's gonna get old, just you wait and see, why is everybody always picking on me? Here he goes again, yeah, he's a nutcase. Our story opens today high atop New York City, in the luxurious penthouse of perhaps the most famous soldier of fortune the world has ever known. Me. How do you do? Excuse the position, just practicing my yoga. Well, now that you're here, we may as well get to know each other. My name is Peabody. I suppose you know yours. I guess you're wondering about this contraption. It belongs to Sherman. He's my boy. Here, Sherman. Here, boy. Shake hands. Say hello. Hello. Smart as a whip, isn't he? Now about this amusing little gadget. The story really starts with me, naturally. As a youth, I was just an average genius. The puppy prodigy, they called me. Got my degree at Harvard when I was three. Wagner cum laude, of course. Then a brief period in the Foreign Service. I speak eight languages fluently. All at once, that is, including English. Then a few research projects for the government... And I dabbled in the stock market, where I was known as the Wolf of Wall Street. But somehow I felt that something was missing in my life, so I made up my mind to get a boy. I looked high and low, but couldn't find one that met my high standards. Then one day, while watching some boys at their innocent play, I spotted Sherman. My heart went out to him. I'm always pulling for the underboy. I dismissed the others, and Sherman followed me home. He wasn't at all what I was looking for. Oh, he looked at me with those big brown eyes, but I was firm. I took him home. This is where you live? Yep, that's been home sweet home all my life. Where have you been, you little brat? Just, just visiting. Get in here. One moment, sir. And what do you want, Mutt? The name, sir, is Peabody. And I intend to adopt this boy. Naturally, the newspapers made a big thing of it. Extra, extra, dog to adopt orphan. Doggy wants to be daddy. Read all about it. I had to submit references. So I got some old friends to write letters. Then, of course, I was investigated thoroughly. My background was unimpeachable. Still... But he's not a fit person to bring up a boy. In fact, he's not even a person at all. Your Honor, I consider that an excellent recommendation. And I finally got Sherman. This court can see no reason why, if a boy can have a dog, a dog can't have a boy. Daddy! Sherman, let's get one thing clear. I will never submit to being addressed by that ridiculous name. You will call me Mr. Peabody. Or, when speaking informally, simply Peabody. Yes, Mr. Peabody. So, that was that. But I soon found it's next to impossible to raise a boy in an apartment. 
Guppies, yes, but a boy, no. They need running room. So I built this for Sherman's birthday. Happy birthday, Sherman. Gee, thanks, Mr. Peabody. Well, what is it? Well, actually, it's a time machine. I call it a wayback. We just set it, turn it on, open the door, and there we are. Or were, really. Euribosque delenda est, in tres partes argentum sum. What did he say? What did he say? Well, that's simple. He said, oh, never mind. I'll fix it. So, friends, for a goodbye in a new or used chariot, it's Publius Maximus the Grinning Gaul. It sounded better in Latin. Can we go somewhere else? Of course. With this key, friends. Mr. Franklin, the lightning! I intend to demonstrate the principle illustrated by the storage properties of the Leyden jar. BF, the lightning is... Gee, we couldn't get a word in edgewise. I know. A few more adjustments, and behold, not a time machine, but a should-have-been machine. Observe. With this key, friend... Mr. Franklin, your kite is going to be struck by lightning! Oh, really? It's nice to be a part of history. But all in all, it's just the thing for a boy in an apartment. Eh, Sherman? Well, I thought it was. Of course, he's only a boy, and... Mr. Peabody, that's the nicest present anybody ever had. <clears throat> Yes, 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 of course, Sherman. No doubt about it. Every dog should have a boy. Upon a time in a faraway kingdom, there lived a little princess. Her father was a king, because that's how those things are. He loved his little princess, and so did all the people of the kingdom. Huzzah for the little princess! Huzzah? Well, that's fairy tale for hooray! Oh! The little princess was very happy, and small wonder. She had everything and anything she wanted. Beautiful little jewels to wear, a lovely little garden to play in, a little mechanical horse to ride, even her own little castle to live in. All went well until one awful day when the princess began to grow. She grew, and she grew, and she grew. The people of the kingdom were greatly disturbed. Ah, uh, what's all the fuss? The little princess has grown. So? All princesses grow like that? Oh, the king was very upset. My little girl's all grown up. But he made the best of it. Nothing will change. You're still my little girl. You'll have everything just as before. So the king summoned the royal jeweler and ordered him to make some special jewelry. It was huge. He commanded the royal gardener to grow some special flowers. They were enormous. He ordered the royal engineer to make a special mechanical horse. It was tremendous. He even told the royal architect to build a special castle right next to his own. After all that, you'd think everything would be fine. But no. No? Uh, no, your highness. Uh, we're broke. Broke? Shattered. There's not a bazooza left in the treasury. Jewelry, garden, horse, castle, in that order. They all add up to broke. Well, what do you suggest? Uh, you know, to get some pazuzas. What else? Taxes. And so the people of the kingdom were taxed and taxed and taxed. There was a tax on fences. One hundred pickets, one hundred pazuzas. There was a tax on trash. Three cans, three pazuzas. On doors. One door, one paz... Two doors, two pazuzas. 
There was even attacks on smoke. Seven puffs? I know, seven pazuza. And attacks on children. Eight, nine, ten, ten and a half pazuzas. As a result of the taxes, the people of the kingdom became angry. And you know who they blamed? It's her fault. Look at those jewels. Rocks from the mountains would have done. Look at that horse. It must have cost a million pazuzas a day to run that thing. Small wonder we got high taxes. Yeah, small wonder. Why don't you get a job? Yeah, you're big enough now. <laughs> Upon hearing this ridicule from the people who had once loved her, the princess became very sad. <laughs> Look at that. We'll be flooded out. You mark my word, next year we're going to have a tax on umbrellas. In his castle nearby, the king was feeling very worried and sad and wet. You know, she isn't the same happy princess. So he summoned his royal cabinet for advice. The royal accountant, the royal lawyer, the royal writer, the royal efficiency expert, each of them gave their advice. More taxes. Tougher laws. More publicity. Get rid of her. Get rid of her? But how? Marry her off. Brilliant. I shall give a golden slipper to the suitor who wins my daughter's hand. A golden slipper? Isn't that rather a small prize? If it's one of her slippers, it's big enough. So a proclamation was made throughout the kingdom, and one by one the suitors arrived at the castle to ask for the princess' hand. When they actually saw it, though, they soon changed their minds. The princess became sadder and sadder. King, you gotta do something. She'll wash out the crops. So the king began to send the princess for long walks in the woods. One day, on one of her walks, she met a strange little man. Hello, strange little man. Hi, princess. Aren't you going to run away because I'm so big? Of course not. Aren't you going to laugh because I'm so funny looking? Of course not. So they quickly became friends. Every day they would talk together about all kinds of things. They would laugh together. They even took long walks together. Then one day the princess said, Perhaps you're an enchanted prince. Maybe if I kissed you, you would grow as big as I am. Well, <laughs> what do we got to lose? So the princess kissed the funny-looking little man. He didn't change a bit. I guess I'm, um, you know, just not the enchanted type. Ah, oh, but something began to happen to the princess. She grew smaller and smaller and smaller until she was even smaller than the strange little man. Oh, this is just the right size to be. So the funny little man won the princess hand, which was just the right size now. And he lived happily ever after, and she lived happily ever after, and the king lived happily ever after. But what about the taxes? Yeah, what about the taxes? Oh, don't be silly. We can't have everybody living happily ever after.
doubt about it. Why could he get to the hat? Well, when we left our story last time, things were in terrible shape. Some of the nation's smartest geniuses were turning into complete idiots. It was all the fault of a mean little man from a mean little country. Go on, say the names. Boris, say the names. Boris, say the names. Clouds of a strange substance called goof gas, Boris was lowering the nation's IQ in a hurry. In desperation, the government sent from Bullwinkle J. Moose. You cold? Yeah, here's a letter for you, Bullwinkle. Wowie! Now, at this very moment, our heroes are hot on Boris's trail. Just wait, Bullwinkle. Little realizing that Boris is really lying in wait for them. So, as our heroes run to the corner, take that, Moose. It's like a beautiful dream, I shall now be sick. Who cares? Rocky! Rocky, baby! Rocky! Rocky, baby! Rocky! Rocky, baby! Rocky, baby! Speak to me! Sure, who are you? Who am I? Who am I? The effect on Rocky was immediate. Tell me about the rabbit, George. But the effect on Bullwinkle was negligible. Didn't bother me, Monkey. See? Why didn't Goofcast affect Moose? Because Goofcast affects the brain.
to treat them rough and mean. He calls them like a mix of cattle, jumping bean. He's got a friend who jitsu, who's just one foot tall. But though he's kind of short, he's really on the ball. Dick Tracy. He's got a bulldog jaw. Dick Tracy. Why, he's the arm of the law. Dick Tracy. Well, he can prove what they say. Oh, we had fun. Oh, down 
flirtation walk with hands, I tell you, hugging and squeezing, well, he did have fun. And the toast out of the slipper, the girl got the cold from walking home in those soggy shoes. Well, in the football game, running around my own net, I tell you, that's not easy. But I love the music and the cheers. <laughs> hey, he'll be back here. Everybody now. Get Mr. Magoo, oh, the main man himself, Jim Backus, of course, that was, and uh, everybody's second favorite cartoon voice after Mel Blanc, right? Okay. So anyway, where did we start? Way up top of that set. About, uh, set, set the Wayback Machine for a half an hour, will you, Sherman? Okay. We heard uh, the Tom and Jerry theme song, acapella-wise, from a group called May Tree. They're from Korea, and they are wonderful. Uh, laughing at the Funnies was Ruby Newman and the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Orchestra from 1932, the new Mayfair Dance Orchestra. That was Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, right? And then Billy Murray, a cylinder. Uh, Apparently only 20 of them were made, and we get to hear this one. So we are on hallowed uh, noise here. All right, that was Popeye the Sailor from Billy Murray. Uh, Popeye and Olive Oil was Ray Stevens. Uh, May Castell and Alan Swift, who was the original Popeye voice, I believe, at least of the 40s, I'm sure. Uh, I like Popeye, that was. And of course, we all like Popeye. In the Garden of Eden was something from The Simpsons. Ah, Bart, nasty boy. Bernard Breslau from 1959. He was the sad sack carry-on character, and that was Charlie Brown. Um, Peabody and Sherman, the origin story. No explanations there. Let's see. The Little Princess was another fractured fairy tale. The Bullwinkle Rap from Boris Badenov. I guess that's how he really spells it. Anyway, it was a mix by a guy named Dean Anderson. Uh, hey, I don't know. Um, the Chance. And that was, of course, Dick Tracy. What Me Worry. Speaking of Chance, uh, that was Alfred E. Newman. Uh, yes, he was a cartoon. Three cheers for Mr. Magoo. Of course, Jim Backus from 1959 with... <gasps> Peggy Lee, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Good stuff. Anyway, coming up, I, I didn't uh, include one special cartoon guy. So uh, we got four of them here coming up, and it's a little longer than usual, but I didn't want to break up the set. In the meantime, I'll be back again next week with some more nonsense, and we'll see if we can make some sense out of it together. Okay, does that sound like a plan? Well, good. Uh, anyway, I'll see you then, and uh, carry on. Well, sometimes I'll see something kind of kooky And wonder why it's affecting me spooky Silent or strange or I don't understand it Weird or weird like it's from some planet Reminding me of something that I've already known Aha, this is kind of like a gummy episode 
One day as I went walking by the Erycyclotron, I saw the workers working with their uniforms on. Oh, so silent, standing around. Like the statues, not one sound. The truck like a Tonka toy there in the road. Just like something from a Gumby episode. And I like Gumby. Yeah, I like Gumby episodes, especially in certain episodes. And I still remember the spooky parts. Lights are blinking, looking kind of strange, like an evil dude a winking. Boy, they are strange, I think, think, think. Boy, this is weird the way they blink, blink, blink. Reminding me of something that I've already known. I know it's like a railroad crossing in a Gumby episode, and I like Gumby. He likes Gumby. Yeah, I like Gumby episodes. Episodes. And I still remember the spooky parts. He still remembers
Jokes and flu.